Welcome back to the Life is Crazy podcast, a podcast by teens. My name is Sahidi. And I'm Tessa, and we will be your hosts. Today we have a special guest, Hannah Routen, and she is here to talk about costuming, finding clothes at thrift stores, and the challenges with some clothing brands. Hi, Hannah. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Pretty good. Doing pretty good. Amazing. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. How has quarantine been for you? Um, It's been pretty boring. <laughs> I got into some art projects, which I'm really excited about, um, but for the most part, it's been boring. I moved, which is great. So that's not going. <laughs> uh, where did you move to? Oh, I moved from Superior to Louisville. Close nice. to school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So let's start kind of with your um, personal life. Where did you kind of grow up and what was the environment like? Yeah. Uh, so I was born in Houston, Texas, like Beyonce. um then uh a lot of my growing up I moved quite a lot um both of my parents worked for uh um an airline uh so that's pretty cool and uh so we moved quite a lot um I moved up to Spokane Washington for a little while to be close to some family there and then Mm -hmm. I eventually moved to Colorado um, for my mom's work. So that has been just really cool. Uh, yeah, but, um, I was raised by a single mom, um, Mm. for the most part. Um, and she is from Denmark, which is really awesome. And I've had a lot of awesome experiences with that, getting to know, um, my family over there. I actually spent two months over there, uh, last summer, which was Mm. a really just awesome experience. So yeah. And um, how old were you when you started moving around to different places? So um, I moved to a couple houses in Texas. I'm sure many of you know Texas is prone to hurricanes. (laughs) So with that uh, came a lot of moving and stuff and re-renovating our houses, especially after some bad hurricanes. So I moved a, a little bit over there. And then I stayed in one house in Spokane and I moved there and I lived there for about three years. And then I came down to Mm -hmm. Colorado when I was around 10 years old. Um, And uh, I've lived in three houses over here. I originally lived in Broomfield. So, gotcha. That's cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Did your family or kind of the environment you kind of grew up in, did it kind of play in, um, play a part in kind of your passions or goals or kind of things kind of like that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, So um, having a single mom, you know, sometimes, especially uh, we, it was difficult um, navigating that. And especially in the rough patches, uh, thrifting became a huge part of my life. Um, I know it recently has become a fad, uh, which I think it has been great. And I talked about this in an interview before, but I think thrifting becoming a fad and people gatekeeping it kind of made, has made me angry and stuff, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll get into more of that later. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, I've been thrifting my entire life. So I think that that play, has played a huge role in my life. Um, 
I've always been an artistic person. Um, my mom is a very artistic person. She loves to write and I love to write. I definitely got a lot of my reading, uh, lo my love of reading for her from her, um, my love of thinking outside the box from her, for sure. That's, That's awesome. And um, speaking of reading, uh, you're a huge Harry Potter fan. Could you speak a little bit about that? Uh, yes. <laughs> so... So basically, my love for Harry Potter, I think, often gets misunderstood. <laughs> uh, so I am in love with Harry Potter. Uh, so my mom definitely contributed to my love for reading. Um, but mm -hmm. Harry Potter came into my life when I was really, really struggling. Uh, in yeah. middle school, I I was dealing with a lot. Um, my 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 parents' divorce kind of came to a peak at that point and where um, it was kind of like my dad and my mom finally kind of giving up and fighting with each other as much. Um, and I was, and I was feeling so uncomfortable with the way, with the, who I was. And just one summer, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to read Harry Potter because, yeah. you know, I had, I was just like, <laughs> Cause like, here's the thing I, you know, I was just like, what is the deal with this? <laughs> Cursed yeah. Child had just come out and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read it. And it took me, uh, like maybe less than a month to get through all the books and I read them with my family. So oh, wow. Harry Potter is <laughs> just, I think is going to be special to me for the rest of my life because of what it did for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. And you spoke a lot about how, you know, when you find that one book, it kind of resonates yeah. with you for the rest of your life and the power that reading can have and that books can have on you. Um, would you say that you always had a love for reading or was mm -hmm. that something that you um, kind of had to work toward? So I definitely loved reading like growing up and stuff. Like I was, I, I'm going to be honest, you guys, I'm not a math person at all. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was, someone texted me about this the other day. I posted like my schedule and my Snapchat story as you do. Yeah. Um, but you're in this low level math class. I'm like, listen, buddy. Okay. I am not good at math. Okay. I am in this low level because I'm not passionate about it. Yeah. You know, I don't care about <laughs> math all that much. And I appreciate ma what math has like given me, mm -hmm. you know, like I don't know what I would do without my cell phone. I mean, TikTok has saved my life. <laughs> I mean, like, especially during all this, you know, yeah. I love TikTok. And without math and science, I would not have that. Yeah. So I'm grateful for it, but it is definitely not one of my strengths. So reading has always just been something that I've enjoyed and stuff, but definitely like my true like obsession with like reading books definitely came from like Harry Potter and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so before we discuss kind of things like clothing and costuming, uh, we wanted mm -hmm. to ask you some things about the theater community. So yeah. kind of when was the moment you decided kind of to get into acting? All right, this is going to be good. So <laughs> <laughs> my first ever play was 101 Dalmatians Jr. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, no. So <laughs> I did this thing called, what is it called? It was a youth theater group in Spokane, Washington. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did that like for summer camp, but I think my mom just did it to like get us out of the house and like doing things. Yeah. Cause I used to play sports. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I did do sports. I played softball. I was a cheerleader. Don't get me into that. That was awful. <laughs> um, I, uh, 
I did, I did a lot of different sports growing up and, um, but my mom did like this youth theater thing. I think I was like peppermint patty in, um, Charlie Brown or something like that, but I don't remember that, but the true play or I do remember is 101 Dalmatians. I was Sergeant Tibbs in my fifth grade musical thing that we did. And that was so much fun. And I loved doing it. Um, that was amazing. And I love to sing, you know? So, um, I, uh, I went to middle school and my middle school didn't have a theater program. We had like a theater club, but like no one like did it because it was strange. (laughs) Um, so I did, I went to like one meeting of that and I was just like, no, not for me. (laughs) So then I came to high school and I was completely new. I knew nobody and I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I knew in high school, you had to do something. I mean, I wasn't just going to sit there like I did in middle school. Mm -hmm. I decided that wasn't going to be who I was. And I decided I'm going to play a sport. Big mistake. (laughs) I went to the very first meeting for Ultimate Frisbee. And I was just like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do Ultimate Frisbee. (laughs) and I did a couple of practices of it and then I went to a game and I'm just like this sucks I hate running (laughs) and literally the entire game all I could think about was I am never doing this again (laughs) because they only wanted girls because they didn't have enough girls on the team and so it was like they would only throw us in there because they had to so um and so then the next day I had parent teacher conferences and I had signed up for theater class um, just like as a class because my counselor was like, you need one more class and it can be a semester class. And I'm like, I'll take theater because I remembered that little musical I did in 101 <laughs> Dalmatians in elementary school. So I was like, why not? And I had parent teacher conferences with Doc and I was just like, I'm just not feeling ultimate Frisbee. And like my mom was, uh, and my mom actually (laughs) initiated that conversation. Like Hannah really wants to do theater. And at the time they were doing Tony and Tina's and (laughs) Doc was just like, why don't you come join the costumes crew? Mm -hmm. And I did that. And she offered me to do the, they needed a bartender at their bar on stage. And she said, Hannah, why don't you come be the bartender? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) And yeah, I loved it. So I kept doing it. That's awesome. So cool. Yeah. (laughs) And that love for theater obviously is super important and it's really important to you. And now you're one of the four thespian officers. That is right. Uh And you're actually the youngest that's being officer yeah of the force obviously um so can you speak a little bit about that when was the moment that you decided to run so I am the youngest assistant <laughs> officer which I think is insane I I'm so thankful that everyone in my community loves me enough to want me to be their leader and I'm just beyond grateful for that I mean when I when I got elected or selected in um I just, I was, I could not keep the smile off my face. Um, Mm -hmm. But the reason I wanted to run was because freshman year, I, I was taken under the wing of one of the upperclassmen, Jodea Mills, and 
Grateful, Beckers, and uh, Genevieve, they all they all wanted me to be happy and feel welcome in theater. And that made me feel so special and so welcome. And like I had friends and like I said, in, in middle school, I felt so lost and like I didn't have um, very many friends. I had one really great friend and um, she and I still talk to her to this day, but um, it was it was really challenging for me. And so to be able to be accepted into a community and feel welcomed by them just made me feel so special. And like, I wanted to give that to others. So I, I ran for thespian officer because I wanted to give that community to everyone. And sometimes I feel like, felt like people in the troop didn't feel like they had that community yeah. and felt like they didn't have those people that are backing them up all the time and they didn't feel welcome. And I'm so thankful that I felt that with those people, but I wanted everyone to feel like that, which is why I ran for thespian officer. That's awesome. I think that's like yeah. a really good, like, um, kind of thing that you hope to kind of accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. Are there kind of any more things that you kind of want to accomplish um, being a thespian officer? Yeah. Uh, so one of my uh, things that I brought up was communication, I think, is very important. And I think um, I really wanted to do a lot of fundraising um, uh, because I think sometimes we are, especially like technically, um, we need um, – we need stuff and the arts is severely underfunded. <laughs> and, yes. um, I think fundraising would be great. Um, but for the most part, I wanted to build community and I wanted to build that strong community, which is the main huge reason I ran for thespian officer was to build that community within everyone. And so we're going to do that um, service project, which, which I think is great. Um, yeah. I'm really excited about that. Um, but yeah, community, fundraising. Um, oh my gosh, there was one other thing that was <laughs> huge for me. I'm just completely blanking on it right now. Um, but yeah, community for sure was yeah. the main reason I ran. That's awesome. Yeah. So with Corona kind of making an abrupt kind of pause in kind of the theater yeah. and just kind of all of that, um, how has been the kind of experience been kind of as a thespian officer in kind of this kind of tough time? So it's been, it's definitely been like a, not a normal year for a thespian officer. And so we have been working like really hard to like think of things that we can, our main goal this summer was we want to still do theater. No matter what we want to be in theater and do theater. And um, whatever that meant, whatever that meant, even if it was going to the park and doing Shakespeare in the park or something, we wanted to make sure theater happened this year. And so with COVID and all that, it's been really challenging. And Michael, who is one of our thespian officers, but also an STO, um, which is a huge honor. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he's been struggling a lot too because thespians all over the state are really struggling with how theater is going to happen without a stage. But you know what? 
we are we are working on it and we are still going to do as many activities together as possible again to build that community that we all so desperately want you know Mm -hmm. so uh yeah it's definitely been a challenge being an officer but I think we are going to make the best of it that's great that you're wanting to definitely kind of um want to grow um yeah just and to, we have a great team this year. That, yeah. Great team of officers. So I'm really excited. That's awesome. For what we're going to be able to do. Yeah. So yeah. what are some experiences that kind of theater kids in general have to go through? And what have, what are some that you have gone through yourself? You know what? I. It's just like that. The first thing that came to mind when you said that was like that first audition, you know, Um, No matter what, no matter if you, and I know so many of you can relate, but like that first audition that you do, it's like, it's scary. (laughs) Um, I, my first audition was for You're in Town the Musical freshman year. And uh, we had to do it. So now we do it in groups, but our audition we had to do in front of everybody it was my very first audition I ever did in my life and I was in front of all these people who had been singing their entire lives who had been acting forever and I was very scared (laughs) um so but you know what I went up there and I did it and I got a supporting role or a featured role which was amazing literally and I was in that year I was one of the only freshmen cast in a speaking role and that just meant so much to me that amazing someone believed in me you know um but for all thespians I think we have to go through being able to express ourselves Mm -hmm. in ways that we didn't think we ever would um I mean it's we have to be so emotionally vulnerable when you're on stage and you have to be able to convey emotions that you normally would keep in private to an entire audience and that's extremely brave and you know even though theater isn't a sport or whatever it's like something completely on its own you know it involves the physicality that sports involve but it's art and you're creating art in front of everyone live and it's so amazing and um but you have to be willing to be vulnerable and to be expressive and to be extroverted and even the introverts I know so many people that are introverts in theater but the second they get on that stage it's just like it's all shyness goes away and they're able to be someone else, even if that person is like out there and crazy. I mean, someone that comes to mind is Nina, Nina, who is like a complete, like so quiet and timid. And she just goes on stage and it's just like all the (laughs) stages on her and everyone's looking at her and she's just so amazingly talented. And I, and it's incredible theater really changes you. And if you need something to do, I mean, 
I, I always think that like theater is such a great place to be because we uh, involve everything. I mean, if you're a tech person, you know, if you like computers and or if you like painting, you can do the set or if you like sewing, you can do costumes. I mean, theater encompasses everything. And if you like to sing, do the musical, you know. So I think that's truly incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I like how you kind of included that it's just very much of a community and kind of just that. yeah so it's a yeah. community of all different people yeah. all different people which is incredible definitely it's kind of I noticed it's one of the most inclusive places probably at a school which is because yeah. most you know there's just a, so many people <laughs> so many different people that and we all use our talents to come and make one production that's insane that you don't think it's going to come together and then it does and it's amazing mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so you're also one of the costume girls and you're now yeah. I think I believe the co-president of the costume department <laughs> what inspired you to yeah. get into kind of costumes other than kind of how you mentioned before kind of um doc kind of introducing it to you yeah so um I like I I mean as you can see um or the people listening can't see. but I love dressing up and I have always loved dressing up I mean when I was growing up I had a stage in my basement and a big costume closet and I, I've always been like just loving to dress people up and dressing up and making clothes and I am not historically amazing at sewing <laughs> I still am not I mean for a little shop of horrors, Ellie had to go back and <laughs> re-sew all of the costumes I sewed. Um, but I feel as though I have an eye. Yeah. And um, I love the costume closet. And all of the uh, all of my other girls, they don't like sifting through all those clothes in that closet. I live for it. And so if anyone needs something to be picked out of the um of the closet I am the girl to go and do it <laughs> yeah. because I am able to pick up like five things in two seconds that's awesome and uh yeah so but cost I really got into costumes because um because I just I love fashion and I love thinking of clothing and stuff and I really got into clothing after um costumes after I got into costumes in high school that's awesome what has been your favorite piece to design or think of? So um, I am not the brains of the sewing operation in um, <laughs> costumes. Uh, I have the lovely co-head, Eleanor, who is going to do that. Sophie has trained her on doing that. Um, but I have always been the girl to kind of go and uh, pick out a costume from the costume closet where we have just a mess of stuff back there. And um, I am the and I'm always the one dedicated to going and getting that because the other girls don't like dealing with that. But I love it. And I love kind of thinking of pieces and thinking how things are going to go together. So in Little Shop, I got to pick out most of those costumes because Sophie was going to hand down the um, presidency to me along with Eleanor. And so she kind of wanted me to um, put together all those costumes. And mm -hmm. uh, so I got the honor of doing that, which was awesome. So I one of my favorite costumes or sequence of costumes that I got to do was um, 
was Seymour. And Seymour was really cool because Seymour's kind of like this really timid guy who doesn't know anything and is really confused all the time. And so it's really cool because you, when you're doing costumes, you always think that it's like going to be, uh, it's going to be, well, this costume for this person because of this, but it's so much more deeper than that. You have to connect the clothing to the person and like, what would this person wear and why? And so like, there's certain things that you just can't put on a character because that doesn't make sense. And like, and like they just wouldn't wear that, yeah. you know? And so it's really cool because like Seymour's sequence of costumes, I got to kind of dress him up over time mm-hmm. because he get he's getting richer from uh Audrey too and having Audrey too. Yeah. And I got to do that with all three of the main characters, Mushnik, um, Audrey, and um Seymour. Yeah. But I really like yeah. Seymour's because um I picked all those all on my own. Awesome. I did Seymour's costumes almost all on my own. And so I really liked doing that. And I especially liked it because uh, Max, uh, who played Seymour, uh, he really he really liked his costumes. And that always makes me feel so happy yeah. when people like their costumes and think, oh my gosh, this is perfect, you know? And yeah. so, because sometimes often when you're a costume girl, it's really challenging because the actor won't like their costume and that, and Mm -hmm. that really, you know, and it's just like, well, we have final authority and doc, our director has final authority, but it's really discouraging when they don't like it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, so it's really awesome when they do like it. And um, another example from that show is the doo-wop girls, which I got, which I designed after, uh, Greece. Um, I made them look like the pink ladies. And that was kind of my idea behind that. It's like the pink ladies or Sandy at the very end with her latex (laughs) um, get up. And that was how I designed the girls uh, for their main outfits is that kind of 50s uh, greaser girl um, uh, get up. And I really enjoyed those costumes. And I really like doing those. And I also got to pick out some of their dresses and I didn't have full authority over those, those costumes, but I did have authority over um, their main Mm -hmm. ones. And that was so fun. (laughs) I loved those. Um, Another costume that comes to mind is in a Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, uh, Titania, who is queen of the fairies, um, she that was uh, a good one yeah uh she had a skirt of flowers and you know what that took so much time to get together and it just looked so beautiful on stage and when she was on stage you could not not look at her right yeah. mm-hmm. and i think that's really cool because that's who her character was she was queen of the fairies and you could tell that she was yeah. And because she had this extravagant costume and she just looked so beautiful and she had this crown. And when she was on stage, you could not look, not look at her. And I just think that that's incredible. And that's the power of a costume. I like how you included that it adds so much to a character's development as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For your in town last year, uh, uh, we had another uh, costume goddess who was, her name was Fee. She actually goes to NYU for costume and design now, Ooh. which is really awesome. But she had a lot of control over those costumes last year. 
And something that I think was really awesome that she did uh, with Sophie, I think Sophie had a lot to do with this too, was uh, Hope, who was our main character. She, um, she, uh, she has this, she only has one costume the entire show and she keeps it on, but we got different duplicates of her skirt and made her look more tattered as time went on. And we like burned her skirt and we made it all brown. And it was, and it was so cool because it was that progression over time because she was still wearing the same outfit, but as she was taken away by the rebels and all that, she became more yeah. dirty, even though she was high class. Uh-huh. So I think that was really fun to do, mm-hmm. you know, and just like those contrasts of costumes between like the rebels and the poor people between the rich people. And even though mm-hmm. we were all kind of wearing the same colors, you could tell who was rich and who was yeah. poor. So I like that you bring yeah. up the progression yeah. over time because I feel like, it's such a yeah. subtle thing to do in every show. Um, and because of that, do you feel like you you get to know each and every single one of these characters at a deeper level? Absolutely. So as a costume girl, you have to know every character. Mm-hmm. And you have to know them inside and out. And you have to be able to pull in their costumes to make sure that that is what that character would wear. And so I remember the first time I walked into the costume closet, Sophie wasn't making costumes. She was reading the play and she said, and she circled everyone and she's just like, okay, so Tony's going to wear this. Tina's going to wear this. And she, and she would say why. And she would say, so Hannah, I need you to go get this specific piece because because this is what this person would wear. And so like it was the eighties. So we had to do all eighties costumes and stuff. And so it's really fun with that, but also it's actually fun to do costume ensemble because ensemble gets to create their own characters. Yeah. And so you, you are tying those costumes back to those characters and, or like maybe they'll get their costume and then they'll be like, Oh, I want my character to be this way because they're wearing this. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the costume girls truly know those characters just as well as the people playing them because you have to be able to know who they are and what they would wear. Yeah. Because clothing is part of your identity and who you identify as. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of costumes and kind of identity, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have a really big love of, you know, thrifting kind of, you know, a really cool fashion sense. How did you find your style? And do you have any advice for anyone kind of like trying to do the same? Yeah. So, um, I'm, I've bring, I'm bringing up middle school a lot, but you know, middle school is truly like somewhere where you truly find yourself and you're, you struggle a lot. And I don't think middle school is a great experience for, for a lot of people. Um, but, um, in middle school, I, I had a lot of trouble with who I was and who I wanted to be. And, um, it was really challenging for me. And so every day I would wear basically the same outfit. I would wear a baggy sweatshirt with leggings and my hair up every single day. That was, that was who I was. (laughs) And, Um, I had the same pair of Nike shoes and, oh, they were so gross. I threw them away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, I would wear those every single day and that's what I would wear. Um, and when I got to high school, it was kind of like, I, I was finding myself within theater and I was finding myself within these 
friends I was making and within these friends that I didn't have before. And I was truly realizing that, you know what, I want to be, I want to look like myself. I don't want to just throw something on. And because I realized that clothing is a part of your identity and who you want to present yourself to the world. And for me, I wanted like baggy sweatshirts and leggings and the same gross Nike shoes just wasn't who I was. And a huge part of my, uh, of um, getting clothing was TikTok. Um, And I'm sure that's what it's like for a lot of people is um, I would see these girls that looked like me and were bigger like me and they were wearing really awesome clothes. And I was just like, okay, I want to do that. I want to wear awesome clothes and wear and be who I am. And so I took a lot of that inspiration from TikTok and I kind of made it my own. And um, I think a lot right now is just like aesthetics and what is my aesthetic. And here's the thing. I don't really have one. I don't really wear like a certain thing. Like I don't wear flowers every day. And like today I'm wearing um, – like a black dress, but yesterday I wore like a pretty, um, pretty flower dress. And Mm -hmm. so, um, and a flower, I think it was a flower skirt. And so it differs every day based on how I'm feeling and what I want to wear. And, um, and even though I don't have a set aesthetic, you can always tell that that's me. Like I'm wearing something that not a lot of other people would want to wear and would feel comfortable wearing. Um, because I think sometimes it attracts attention. Like every time I wear something like this out in public, an old lady is going to give me a death glare. (laughs) And it happened yesterday and it was just so funny because it happens because they don't really, that's not, that's not who they are and they don't understand that. Right. And, um, but it's, it's so funny to me, but something that, I definitely recommend is just wear stuff you like Mm -hmm. and like go somewhere and like see something. And if you like it, wear it, you know? And I think so, so many times that we always think about what other people are going to think like about what we're wearing. Mm -hmm. And I, and I don't think that we should think about that. We should think about, okay, I look awesome in this. I'm going to wear it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, it took me a long time to figure that out, uh, was, was like, you know, just wearing something that I like and not caring what other people are going to think about what I'm wearing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is also like you met, you mentioned like finding the confidence to actually Mm -hmm. care about yourself and find what you like, because that's really tough for a lot of people, um, to accept that they like something but have the confidence to actually wear it and put it on is yeah something that's a struggle for a lot of kids yeah and it took me a really long time like there's just there was this one day in eighth grade where I was I went on a trip um for my sister's birthday and when I did that uh we brought a friend along and she gave me one of her shirts that I really liked wearing. And it was a Thrasher shirt. And yeah. um, I 
I didn't like skateboarding. I wasn't a huge sports person or anything. Mm -hmm. And I wore it to school the day after I got back. And I got bullied relentlessly for wearing a Thrasher shirt because it was a skateboarding thing. And I didn't skate. Mm -hmm. And I cried and cried after that because I was, I felt like, I wasn't allowed to wear the things I wanted to wear. And now, you know, I mean, back then I did not wear that shirt ever again, never again. I didn't wear it. I wanted to burn it and (laughs) never see it again. And, uh, but now I would go back to school the next day and wear it again. (laughs) And I would wear it again for the week after that. (laughs) And Cause that's, cause that's finding that confidence and being like, I don't care what you think. I'm yeah. going to wear this, <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> I really liked it. It was awful. <laughs> so do you have any kind of thrift store recommendations? Oh, absolutely. So, um, if you live in Colorado, uh, ARC thrift store has a 50% off sale every Saturday. And it's become a tradition with me and my mom to go every Saturday morning and go and go thrift shopping. Or if it's the summertime, we'll also go garage sailing and stuff um, because you get it 50% off. So it's not as much. And so I think that that's like um, something that's uh, really important for people is um, – is that the not as much money to that it would cost as opposed to like going to the mall and then coming going to the thrift store you know mm-hmm. um so i definitely recommend going um when there's a sale uh and when you're there i mean just don't go with like thinking i want to find this you have to go with an open mind mm-hmm. and an open heart to whatever is going to be there yeah. And yeah. I have this little series on my Snapchat where I will post a picture of something hilarious I'll find. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many funny things at the thrift store. There's a Facebook group I've joined. And it's just <laughs> hilarious because there's just so many fun things at the thrift store. So go there with an open heart and an open mind. And whatever you find, you'll find. That's, That's awesome. amazing. <laughs> kind of um, going off of that um what have been your most exciting or uh one of your favorite items that you have gotten from the thrift store you mentioned the fake foot (laughs) thing but Uh, what are some like yeah so um there's just so many things that i have found there um a lot of valuable things um i found a couple of pairs of doc martens there that i just wear Mm. all the time Uh. um some really awesome things though. Uh, I have a book of Gringotts coins that I found there and they're like collectible Harry Potter coins and it is filled and there's not a single coin, not that they didn't have. And it was like 20 bucks. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Cause it's something it's Harry Potter, you know? (laughs) And so that was one of the best days at the thrift store was finding that. Um, but I also, I, I also like collect like um, prom dresses that I find there that are really cheap, you know, and mm-hmm. cause I love prom dresses and I love trying them on and I'll just try them on when I'm sad. <laughs> because they're awesome and they're so pretty. So yeah, yeah uh, those are probably the best things I found at the thrift store. That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. So kind of going now on to kind of some challenges. Yeah. Like most people know there's um, not, 
a ton of inclusivity in the community in the clothing world for yeah. kind of all different sizes. Can you speak a little bit about kind of this toxic, toxic kind of environment inside the fashion kind of world and in the theater world? Yeah. So I, um, uh, you know, growing up, it was, I always had challenges with the way that I looked because I didn't look like all my friends. I was always bigger than them and I couldn't fit into their clothes and they couldn't, and they, mine were too big on them. And that really was, and that always hurt me. And, you know, like Photoshop was such a huge thing growing up and looking Mm -hmm. a certain way and being a certain way. And I think that that has gotten so much better over the years is including, um, bigger girls in things. And, you know, if I see a bigger girl on a website, it immediately draws me in because I feel accepted and I feel wanted there, you know? Um, I think there's a lot of toxicity in the fashion world though. And um, especially with certain brands, it's, um, it's challenging to even want to be there and to feel accepted there. And so, there's so many stores at the mall that I just like won't go into because I already know that I'll feel judged. And mm-hmm. um, even though that may not be the case, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think it's really challenging sometimes to find clothes at like a regular store that I like and that I'll feel good in. Um, but uh, especially like something that I don't think people think about a lot is like bottoms and like, jeans and Mm -hmm. jeans like jeans have always just been such a struggle for me to find throughout my throughout just growing up jeans have always just been so hard to find and to fit in and to feel comfortable in because they they just don't make jeans for body I'm short and I'm big and they and most of the time the jeans that fit my waist go past my feet and yeah. it's so challenging to find something as simple as jeans sometimes in stores. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For sure. And I also think something that's super toxic is that, like, a girl that's, like, skinny will wear something and everybody will say she looks beautiful. But a girl that's, like, overweight will wear it and everyone will say that she needs to change or that she's ugly in it. And yeah, I think and, that. Yeah, and, like, so... I mean, bigger girls are constantly sexualized in mm-hmm. in clothing that skinny girls will not be sexualized in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know a lot of my friends battle that in the fact that, well, I'm wearing the same thing that this skinny girl is wearing, but I'm being sexualized right now because yeah. I'm showing more of my curves. And mm-hmm. I think that that's really awful that bigger girls feel like they have to cover up more, not yeah. only because their body isn't accepted, but because it'll be sexualized. Yeah. Yeah. That's- it's something horrible. I said just something that should not happen. It no, just, it shouldn't. It's no. it's yeah. something that really brings down a lot of self esteem, and I think that's just horrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And do you have any like specific brands that come to mind that specifically exclude people? Uh, yeah. Um, and I also have some brands that I think are absolutely amazing. So I'll touch on both. Yeah, so go ahead and say those too. Um, <laughs> I mean. A brand that comes to mind, and I'm sure that comes to mind in so many people, is Brandy Melville. Mm-hmm. Um, my little sister, who looks nothing like me and who is the ideal body for every girl, um, 
she loves Brandy Melville. Um, <laughs> and they have this one size policy where everything is one size. And I think that is specifically to take out um, bigger girls because bigger yeah. girls can't fit that one size. And they know that. And if they labeled as everything as small, then they could get sued for that. Right. And they <laughs> could, and people could be like, you're specifically leaving those people out, but because it's one size, there's that gray area. And, um, every time I've gone into a Brandy Melville, I have felt so out of place yeah. and so unwelcome there. And, um, I went to one in New York city and I was wearing a Michael Scott shirt with leggings and my little gross Nike shoes that <laughs> I just so glad I don't own anymore because, um, but I went in there and immediately I felt like I couldn't breathe. Um, because I felt so out of place and it was probably one of the worst experiences I've had ever, um, uh, shopping. Um, so I just haven't gone, um, I mean, I think I went like once after that and I had a better experience. Um, but Brandy Melville has definitely been a store that I think a lot of bigger girls struggle to feel accepted in. Yeah. Um, but a really great store um, that I have discovered recently is American Eagle, which I mm-hmm. thought was more of a, you know, like 2010s thing. <laughs> Early 2010s fashion. I thought that's what Amer- American Eagle was. But my friend yeah. recommended that I go there and she said, you are going to find the best jeans there. And mm-hmm. I honestly was kind of skeptical. So I went, I had a gift card for like this that encompassed a bunch of stores and American Eagle was on there. So, and I saw that they had a jeans sale. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go. And I had a great experience there. I mean, it was amazing because the very first pair of jeans I found fit me and that never has happened before. And I, and I felt so happy after that because they fit me. They went, they didn't go past my feet. I didn't have to roll them up. They fit me. They just fit me. And Mm -hmm. I felt comfortable and I felt beautiful. And um, I'm really glad that I discovered American Eagle. And I don't actually go to the mall a lot or go to stores a lot because regular stores a lot just because I don't, they're not really my scene. Um, But I'll definitely be going back to American Eagle because that was just, it's such an amazing experience. That's awesome. Yeah. You found such like a great kind of welcoming community. Well, yeah, I, I just was, say, like community and store. Yeah, just a store. I mean, yeah, I I also really like Torrid. Torrid is great, um, <laughs> and all the girls there are just so amazing. Everyone that works at Torrid is just <laughs> I would I will talk to them all day. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, for sure. But American Eagle was a great experience. That's awesome. So are there kind of any more kind of experiences that you would like to share that have been kind of hard or like have kind of, or that have been kind of on the um, good side that have kind of made you feel more confident or kind of things like that? Yeah. I mean, thrifting is the most, probably most uh, accepting place you could ever shop. Um, Mm -hmm. Shopping at a thrift store, they have everything there. And they have stuff for like completely strange. They have stuff for kids. They have stuff for everyone. And uh, 
it's just and so every time I walk into a thrift store I know I'm not going to be judged no matter what because all different types of people are there and they're all there for different reasons and they're all there to um do a certain thing and I love it and it just I always feel welcome at the thrift store so yeah Mm -hmm. that's awesome kind of kind of speaking about um I know we're like jumping around so much in this interview and I apologize, but <laughs> kind of speaking about um, uh, like you were saying, how, how bigger girls are a one of the time excluded, um, even within something as inclusive as theater, there's also like only I, what I can think of one show where the main girl is yeah. a bigger girl and yeah. every other That's show, right. it's mm-hmm. usually not that. So could you speak a little bit about like how that experience has been, if you've experienced that at all? You know, I haven't really, I haven't really experienced it very much, but I can definitely say that for most bigger girls, their dream role is Tracy from Hairspray because that's a guaranteed romantic lead that they could possibly get. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's even in that show, they just talk about her being big and stuff and how, and even then she gets the, she gets the cool guy and which is really cool. But I wish that bigger girls would be, would be um, thought about for any romantic lead, even if it has nothing to do with her being big, you know, and it doesn't ever mention it. I wish Mm -hmm. that, people would just be like, you know what? She's really good for this role and it doesn't matter what she looks like. And I, I hate that we always are thinking about what people look like in terms of the role, as opposed to um, what their abilities are. And, um, and I wish that bigger girls would be considered more for lead roles including like yeah. disabled people. Like I know at the Tonys last year, a disabled girl won a Tony for Oklahoma. And mm-hmm. just like that representation makes people, makes people feel so welcomed, you know, yeah. and representation is so freaking important. I mean, like I said, I, whenever I was represented, I felt welcome and accepted, yeah. you know, and I wish representation happened more, especially for like girls of color. I mean, we only have one girl of color princess and I just think that that's, or two and, or three, um, <laughs> three yeah. women, yeah. four women of color um, as princesses, you know, but it's just like, we should have more. It shouldn't just be white skinny girls all the time and mm-hmm. or white skinny abled girls. And I feel like people, groups of diversity are so underappreciated sometimes, you know, I mean, I know so many people who Tiana is their favorite princess and it's just like, see, why don't we have more of that? You know? And Mm -hmm. I got really upset when people were just like, I hate that they're turning Splash Mountain into Tiana. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) That's going to be awesome. And you know, it's just like, we have to accept that the past kind of sucked and we need to move on to the future. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Me too. And even like, it, it's not even just the representation part. It's also good representation. Because like, yeah. at the end of the day, you could throw in like, some random, I, I think a lot of people are sick and tired of just 
like characters being thrown in just for the purpose of representation. Like it needs to be like good representation as well. Yeah, like it needs to be it. I mean, I hate like the stereotypical tropes they always put in, especially when it comes to the bigger girl. Like, oh, the bigger girl is this and that, you know, and she's funny and the big girl is always funny. That's her goal. And she's always the side character. And it's and it just it's awful that we're always sticking to these tropes of these certain of these certain groups of diversity. And we need to stop doing that. You know, I I agree. Sure. Do you have like any advice for you know, kind of anyone um, or bigger girls who are kind of, kind of dealing with kind of a toxic kind of, and like, kind of moment there? I guess I should. Yeah. Say. Um, I've been through it. I'm still going through it. I have to wake up every day and learn to love myself and to let go of all those things that I have learned about the way I look over the years and I have to let that go and I have to say you know what this is I this is who I am I'm going to embrace it and I am beautiful and I think more girls need to do that and um and I believe in you you know I believe that you are you are going to be able to do that and it's going to take a lot of self-love but you'll get there and whatever it is it will be I mean I had this I had this TikTok that I made um about me talking it was like it was a funny TikTok but I said I said in the caption um uh I I am this is funny because I am 165 pounds because it was like this funny audio about this lady who was bigger and uh she said the weight limit is 300 pounds. And she, and she's like, I'm not 300 pounds. I'm 165. And I said, this is funny because I am 165. And I openly talked about that. And that made so many more girls feel comfortable to talk about it. And even though I don't, and even though that isn't like at all anything, I thought it was awesome that these girls were so open to talk about it because I said Mm -hmm. it, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, sometimes you have to be the leader in that and saying, this is who I am and I'm okay with that. And you want people and have people follow you and say, yeah, this is who I am and I'm okay with that because they're okay with that. So yeah. That's also really yeah. important just to like own who you are and not try and like hide yourself because at the end of the day, you could be a voice for other, other people who do not have that. Yeah. It's really important. Do you have anything else you would like to um, discuss on anything we've mentioned kind of in this interview? Yeah, uh, you know, um, I want to talk about thrifting again and say and stress the importance of it. And like I said at the beginning, um, thrifting has become a fad. And I think people and I think people who have been thrifting their entire lives are trying to gatekeep it. (laughs) And I don't think that that is good because um, fast fashion and factories are the second biggest pollutant in our entire uh, in global (laughs) emissions and this behind oil. And and it's we need to start finding better alternatives to to that and keeping clothes out of landfills and keeping 
emissions out of our earth because global warming is real, contrary to apparently popular belief. <laughs> and um, it's real and it's and it's so important that we're trying to save our earth. And even though, yes, you've been thrifting your entire life and there's these TikTok girls that are going to the thrift store and they're buying things and it's just like, but they're taking all the good things. Here's the thing is that they are keeping clothes that are we're going to go into the landfill out of the mm-hmm. landfill and they are and the and thrifting is probably the cheapest way you can um keep away from fast fashion because there's um eco-friendly clothing but right now it's so expensive eco-friendly mm-hmm. clothing yeah. and um and I hope that changes in the future where eco-friendly clothing is more accessible. But right now, thrifting is the cheapest alternative to fast fashion. I mean, mm-hmm. fast fashion, you're they're finding a design and they're pumping it out within two days. And and it's not even and it's not even like environment stuff too. It's like the cheap it's like the cheap labor that they use and all those people taken advantage of and not being able to make a living mm-hmm. wage working these factory jobs and they're getting treated so poorly because they're trying to turn out these clothes, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so thrifting is so important for our environment and um, it's a great alternative and you're keeping clothes out of landfills and at a pretty cheap price for some really cute yeah. clothes. I mean, I only thrift shop at the thrift store now. Mm-hmm. Um, rarely do I go to the mall and get new clothing. So thrifting is important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know why I said okay, but yeah. No. Yeah. I felt the enthusiasm in it. So. <laughs> but I think it's definitely, um, you know, you know, after kind of thinking about kind of, you know, how you explained it with kind of all the fast um, fashion and kind of that kind of just factories, and it's just like definitely like um, thrifting is definitely a way to just get kind of you know gently used clothes that are you know otherwise just gonna go in a landfill yeah and it's great it's a great alternative and if and you know what you can wash it and it's great and I find new clothes there all the time and some clothes that are not so new but still pretty cool I mean I mean, right now the 80s is totally in dressing like (laughs) 80s and the 90s and stuff. And they have all that stuff at the thrift store. I mean, I go into Urban Outfitters and I'm like, give me 10 minutes at the thrift store and I'll find something just like this. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And it's so important too to to reuse and to thrift and to go out of your way to protect, um, you know, our planet. And if and it's a very cheap way to do it and it doesn't take a lot of time and at the end of the day like you get something out of it as well as you know Mm -hmm. taking care of something else which is really important so yeah thank you for sharing that hannah it's really important of course (laughs) it's super important and but i just wanted to say (laughs) thank you so much hannah for coming on this podcast it was so so fascinating oh my gosh yeah so interesting this is something i'm super passionate about so thank you for having me mm-hmm. of course and we uh, I, I obviously can't speak for tessa but i learned so much about just you and about your passions and your ideas and it was just so interesting getting to talk to you and so lovely so thank you thank so much you. For i love talking to you guys it was great <laughs> it adding on to what sahidi said it definitely opened my eyes a ton because you know you know I don't, you know, I think about, you know, kind of the factories, but I never realized, like, 
that it could be a really big problem, especially with climate change and all. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely very like eye opening. And so thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And thank you for all the lovely points you brought up throughout this interview. We are so grateful to have had you on. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys. Of course. <laughs> Bye, Hannah. Cool. Bye. 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 Stay tuned in for more podcasts talking about high school, racism, young business leaders, and other teenager things. Bye. Bye.